Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, X-Zone Lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, start them young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. Guys, Bobby Rose Beef here for another episode of Jigs and Bigs. And I got to tell you, this is a doozy. This is a doozy of an episode. First off, uh, let me break down what we've got here. So we have uh, an interview with Lunker Lads. Jake and Ryan from the Lunker Lads, they are members of the Old Glory Outdoor Pro Staff. And uh, they're a couple of young guys with an extreme passion for bass fishing and, uh, and and fly fishing and the outdoors just in general. And we'll talk to them. They're, they're, they're young. And I'll tell you what, the future of fishing is in is, is in the hands of like of, of of kids like this i i feel good about it like they're i got the chance to fish with these guys they're they're good dudes you know I, it's it's a it's a very good thing so in this intro i kind of want to squeeze a few things together at first off what i want to do is i want to talk about jigsandbigs.com just get all this stuff out of the way now obviously jigsandbigs.com we've been uh, kind of pushing that we, we we have the website now it's up uh, it's a great place for you to send all of your non-podcast people friends if you want to share the podcast and do it easily you're not sure the platform they use just send them to jigsandbigs.com if they can't if they don't if we aren't on the platform they prefer they can actually just download from the site if they want or they can just stream it right there super easy but the brand new thing about jigsandbigs.com that's really amazing is that uh sean the fisherman i gotta tip my hat to him sean the fisherman has started organizing a western mass fishing report that drops every thursday in the blog at jigsandbigs.com just go check it out right on the main page if you scroll all the way down you'll see the first few posts that are in there the newest stuff usually shows up right there just go ahead and check that out this is where you want to go to get your information before you go out for the weekend let's say you're out working all week long you get 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 some time out on the water and you want to enjoy yourself, you're better off getting a little bit of good information before you head out there. And the people you're going to get this information from, these are tackle shops that are local to the area. Yes, we do. Uh, Old Glory Outdoors is one of those shops as well. And they're going to fill us in on what they've been biting on, what people have have, have been having luck on, where uh, you know what bodies of water have been producing, and what times of day, things like that. So a fishing report like this is a great, great way for you to go and maximize your time out on the water you know time is very precious you know when and when you're when you're working and you have uh you have limited time you want to spend time with family and things like that but you want to get some recreation out on the water uh doing your favorite thing and that's fishing 
all, you know, it's, it definitely helps to have that information before you go out there so you can have the best possible experience. And uh, why not get it? It's, it's free. Go ahead and check it out. The Fishing Report at the Western Mass Fishing Report. And when I say that, I'm talking about the window between the New York Mass border all the way to Wachusett Reservoir basically is the general gist of what we're kind of covering out in that way. Now, uh, next up, I got uh, some questions and some surveys that I had put up on Instagram. Uh, this was over this last weekend. I posted uh, something that that kind of spurred after a discussion while I was fishing with my friend Paul. It was I had somewhere I needed to be. I had to get going. So I said, all right, man, this is it. Last cast. And I take my cast. And then as I'm working the bait back, I say to him, I go, hey, just out of curiosity, I go, what would you rather? Would you rather take the skunk on your last cast or would you rather catch a dink? And, uh, you know, I actually forget what his answer was, but I, I thought immediately that this would be a good question to throw up on Instagram and get an idea of what people thought. So I did. That's exactly what I did. I, uh, I posted that and it looks like a lot of you want to catch the dink. Like about 92% of you, in fact, had said you would take the dink instead of the skunk. Um, myself, I know I can, I have a very difficult time pulling myself away. I mean, I would gladly take a dink. That's fine. But I would almost rather the skunk because then the, uh, uh, temptation to stick around and blow off whatever I have to be doing is uh, is then lessened. So there's no risk there. But it was pretty interesting. 92% of you said you'd rather catch the dink than uh, than get skunked. And I suppose that's fine. So another thing that I had done is I posted some uh, 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 ask me anything type situation. And I said that I would, I would talk about this stuff on the show. So I have a handful of responses here that came through. And I just want to kind of acknowledge them. First off, Gravy Fishing 12 uh, left a question. Want the topwater spider. That's really not my kind of lure uh, necessarily. I do actually, I do have a couple of them. They're in their boxes, but those are kind of reserved more for like novelties or prizes, things like that, because we do plan on doing some giveaways and stuff like that. Not necessarily my style. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it's not the thing I'm going to go to first. And I feel like I am... um. Well, I'm a novice enough of a fisherman where I'm trying to sort of get a little bit of confidence built up in different baits that are a little bit more typical, and uh, and then I, I I'll branch out, you know, otherwise, uh, and I feel like. I, uh, I challenge myself with new stuff with my MTB box uh, monthly enough as is that uh, that that you know going and picking up the spider and throwing that it's just it's just another time I'll be you know <laughs> frustrating myself with new techniques. Uh, let's see, we got Tony House and uh, he said, "What's one place that you've always wanted to go fit to, to fish, but you've never gotten the chance?" And that's an easy one for me. It's Lake Champlain. Lake Champlain has always kind of been like this mystical place. Uh, my my father used to fish a lot there with his buddies. He used to do an, an annual trip, and it's always kind of been like, "Oh, I got to check this out. I got to check this out." And after you, you know, kind of kind of figure out what Lake Champlain is is all about, it's like it's a huge body of water. It's an amazing fishery, and uh, I feel. Feel like there's a connection right there with like the Connecticut River Valley sort of like it's just I, I don't know it's just I feel like it's just a place I need to be and fish and I just haven't had the opportunity it's definitely going to happen I am talking with uh, with a guide from that area so we can get uh, out there and uh, and catch some of those monster smallies that's really what I'm looking for up there uh, of dot lures of dot lures asks what's your favorite bait to throw when it's windy and shady 
I would say windy and shady. I'm probably going to lean toward a chatterbait. Uh, I, I just feel that it's a it's a solid bait to throw in the wind. Maybe a spinner bait. I haven't had a whole lot of uh, of, of results, uh, but with with that, but I would say I would say uh, definitely a chatterbait. Maybe a spinner bait would be would be one of the options. As far as like when it's shady, I feel like you can get away with throwing a lot more stuff. I feel that's when you're talking about in the shade. The bass are a little bit more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not so much, a little bit more forward. Like, I feel like, you know, soft plastics definitely work really well. Uh, jigs seem to work really, really well when you can throw them in the shade. Um, got a, a message here from Fish Thumb says, keep up the good work, guys. Thank you, Fish Thumb. I appreciate that. Wild Bill Fishing. Wild Bill Fishing asks, is Wild Bill Fishing a sex symbol and icon in the making? Don't you know it? Absolutely. Especially with the fact that the uh, wild worms from Hookset Hoodlums are coming out right now. For those of you that don't know, Wild Bill is uh, one of the OG Hookset Hoodlums uh, from, from that whole crew. And they just today, like as I'm saying this, just released the wild worms. And for those that don't know, that wild worm, that's what I caught my new PB on. It's it's pretty great. It's a pretty great bait, honestly. I, it, it really is. A few more questions here, guys. Uh, Bogo Bait says, I see you fish. Love it. I love it too, Bogo Fish. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry, Bogo Baits. Thank you very much. Midnight Fisherman jumps in and says, keep up the good work, Jigs and, B- and Bigs. Thank you, Midnight Fisherman. Your Instagram is amazing. Multi-species, a lot of catfish, a lot of carp. I mean, really, really great stuff. Swimbait Scotty. Swimbait Scotty uh, says, you should come throw some big swimbaits with me sometime. Got an extra rod you can use. I'm all about it, Swimbait Scotty. Let's make that happen. Uh, jump into my DMs and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll set it up and we'll, we'll make it happen. I'm definitely down. This next question is pretty easy. Go to, or not pretty easy, pretty interesting. Go to plastic. Uh, example, craw, stickworm, curly tail, and what color is it? So I'm going to answer this this way. Uh, go to plastic, if I'm going weightless, is going to be a stick bait. It's, it's going to be a, a Senko. And it'll either be, depending on water clarity, a green pumpkin or black and blue. That's just, it's it's what I've I've had the most uh the, the most productive experience with uh, as far as catching fish uh, have been those two colors and in a weightless uh, situation that's what I'm going to do. If I am going to throw a shaky head, I'm going to throw a creature bait. Uh, I'm also going to use a creature bait on, uh, on as a trailer for a jig. I really like the vile bug and I really like the, uh, the bandito bug as well. Uh, I do obviously think uh, that craws are a, are a standard. They're always great to have. I do love craws but I kind of lump craw and creature bait in a very similar situation because they they can be so uh, so similar. Uh, as far as uh, curly tails, I like when I'm throwing, like I'll throw a curly tail on uh, a specific rig. Like I will throw a curly tail on a shaky head. I also like throwing a curly tail on just a Texas rig and dragging that sucker in the heat. Oh, that is great. That's a good, good, good bait to throw there. As far as colors, generally, uh, I'm, I'm going to go either green pumpkin or black and blue for the most part is regarding clarity. That's going to be the main thing. I will say this. When it comes to drop shotting, I have been loving this one little uh, slug bait, the Z-Slug from Radfish Lures. They're local to Springfield uh, area and Springfield, Mass. And I have uh, I've hooked up with quite a few biggins using this as a drop shot bait. What I've been using is a 3-aught uh, offset worm hook. 
and I use that instead of a finesse hook, and I haven't had any difference. But I really, I, f- I haven't had any 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 uh, my my hookups have been the same as when I use a finesse hook. But I feel better using those longer four inch baits on one of those instead of just having it nose hooked. Uh, I feel like the hook point is a little bit further down in the body. Uh, like I also like the 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 hula sticks from Z Man. Those are really good, and probably my favorite, my, probably my favorite drop shot. Uh, soft plastic to use is the Sakoshi bug from 10,000 fish. That's one of the the best uh, drop shot baits I've ever used. It's great on a Ned rig too. Uh, although for a Ned rig, uh, I, I'm a big into the rattle and Ned. Very, very big into the rattle and Ned. Moon flash is my color there. That's a great one. And the PB&J is also very, very good. So that's it as far as those questions go. Thank you, everybody, for, for those. And some other ones came through, and I forgot to screenshot them. I apologize. I'm an old fart, guys. My memory is crap. Let's talk about the next thing now, which is the Shimano Corrado review. I recently acquired a Corrado 201 XG. You guys know that that XG means it is wicked fast. It's an 8.5 to 1 gear ratio reel. It's Shimano Corrado. It's very, very smooth. That is credited to the uh, Shimano gear system, which uses a uh, uh, more and smaller teeth on their gears. Keeps it very, very, very smooth. Now, casting has been a breeze with this. Uh, I did have a wonderful experience hooking a fish with... um, on a frog, and uh, I had messed up the first time around, and I tried to finesse them when it was in the weeds instead of just, just basically just, just cranking them right in. And uh, the next opportunity I had uh, to cat to hook up on a frogfish, that's exactly what I did. I just, just, just cranked that sucker right in. Did not break any of that tension at all. Just kept that line tight and brought them in. And it was great. Uh, it was really, really fantastic. I will say this much. Um, the Corrado has really... So when I bought this reel, I bought it specifically for Topwater. I, I bought it knowing that it was going to be replacing a Abu Garcia Black Max that I've had for years and abused for years. Now, I would throw, let's say, a buzzbait on this reel, and that Abu Garcia was a 6.5 to 1 gear ratio reel, not the ideal reel for buzzbait fishing, buzzbait fishing at all. Definitely not an ideal choice. So I wanted to really like feel like a difference in speed. Now, I do have other Abu Garcia reels that are you know 7.3, 7.5, and uh, and they work very very well. And for whatever reason, this was the reel that I I just had used. Also, very slow reel for frog fishing as well. So that was really what I wanted to do. Is I wanted to take this really fast reel and see what it did for me. And what it did was quite a bit. It made frog fishing uh, much 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 more enjoyable. I feel like I've got better action because of it. I feel like I don't have to race with cranking the uh, the reel handle, which is kind of nice. I can actually kind of just like go with the rhythm uh and it works pretty well i also feel that my buzz bait game is far better than it's ever been i used to cast a buzz bait and i'd have to race to get that 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 uh bait up on the surface of the water and or you know and then slow it back down to get the right action and i was missing so much of an opportunity to get my my bait like in the zone you know i was missing so much of that long cast so with this 8.5 to 1 gear ratio i am able to really just crank right through and 
I can say this too for Shimano. When with the Black Max, I would cast out with a buzz bait, and I would you know turn the crank in order to engage uh, reeling in before it would hit the water, and I would get a lot of I'll just scare, say ugly sounds that would come out of this. Now some of that may be because it's a, a an old and abused reel. Absolutely, I'm not saying that's a knock against uh, Abu or anything like that. I'm just saying that in general, like it just didn't really do very well with that action now with the shimano it's been nothing it's been like a hot knife through butter it's just like i make a long cast i click over and then start reeling and it's not a problem at all i feel like i get better action out of my buzz baits with it i feel like it just it it it's fantastic it's really really great there was one day where i had taken it out and I had thrown a whopper plopper with it, and I was really concerned with throwing that whopper plopper and the difference in the weight between the buzz bait and the whopper plopper, and if I was going to have any difficulty casting or any backlashes or anything, and I did not. I mean, I fished with this rod a lot, and... Uh, I haven't had a big backlash on it at all. I dialed it in when I when I you know uh, spooled it up with my uh, with my braid, and I I gave it a few test runs around the yard uh, to see you know how how I thought it was going to work, and I, I felt like it was pretty dialed in with the frog that I put on, which is my go to frog, and it seemed to be great. And then I would start switching baits, and that's when I expected there to be an issue. Now. All things, you know, full disclosure, when I did buy this reel, I did get a little bit of feedback that uh, I would be a little frustrated with the adjustments of the brakes, uh, mainly because with the Corrado, you need to actually open up the, the side casing and then manually adjust those brakes, which isn't really a huge problem uh, as long as you're careful when you do it and, uh, and, and you remember what it is that you're dealing with. Well, I don't know necessarily if the source where I got this information from maybe had used an older model Corrado, but now on these newer models, there are little uh, more and less adjustments, like fine-tuning knobs that are right down by that that cover. So if you set it and it's in the ballpark, you can adjust it. Now, with that said, I, I've set it once and I haven't had to change it again. In fact, on Tuesday of last week, I was out fishing with my kids and I've got a great story about that, but I gave the, I had asked my youngest daughter Delaney if she had wanted to try casting a bait caster and I gave her my topwater rod and I said, okay, here you go, kiddo. And she went to cast my, I showed her how to do it and she went to go cast my frog and no backlash. I was really, really surprised. And it's not like the brakes are crazy tight. Like I like a good loose reel. I like a reel where it's a lot of it is inertia. I like that feeling. She did really, really good with it. I mean, you know, it was a, it was a ten year old's first cast with a bait caster, but there was no bird's nest. It really, really impressed me. So I feel very, very, very confident moving forward in uh, in, in in acquiring other Corrados to replace some of the reels that I feel kind of need it. Um, will they all be eight point five to one gear ratio? Probably not. There will be other ones that are in there because I kind of I, I feel the need. The need for speed, if you will, it's uh, it's kind of nice. It really is. But uh, I overall, I got to say two thumbs up. Now, I do want to mention I did get this reel from Old Glory Outdoors. Now, uh, Old Glory Outdoors has them in stock. You can get them 
All you got to do is go to the website, oldgloryoutdoors.com. Remember that you can save 10% off of your purchase by using the code, the promo code, Jigs and Bigs at checkout. Doing that is going to save you some cash, which is great because you get to gear up and you get to support the show at the same time. And we appreciate that. That is good stuff. Before we get into uh, Sean the Fisherman and then our interview, I do want to talk about a little situation I had fishing with my kids and with listeners. Uh, I did uh, mention that I had. Had uh, fished with uh, Tony House. We had done some frog fishing. That was a great time. I want to do that more often. So if you're listening and you're in the area, uh, or if you're just in New England, you want to set up some time to fish. I would definitely be game for that. Uh, you know, Sean and I are always definitely game to fish with new people and and uh, go out and check out new water and stuff. Always all about it. And uh, I I also took on on what was it last Tuesday? I went and fished with my kids, my two daughters, my 16 year old and my 10 year old, Chloe and Delaney. Now, like I said, Delaney uh, last summer had fished with me a, a few times and had gotten on some bass. And uh, actually, the kid was throwing around a little quarter inch finesse jig. It was adorable. And uh, and she she's caught some bass before. She's a little bit more uh, into the idea of going fishing. I had always kind of written off the fact that my oldest daughter was probably just not feeling it. It wasn't necessarily her thing. Uh, in fact, this spring, once the pandemic started, she would make mention of like, hey, you want to go and fish at such and such a spot? I'll just sit in the car on my phone and hang out. Like she just wanted to get out of the house. Well, we go out this one day and Chloe gets on two nice little size chunky bass. Not too bad. In fact, she even handled both of them. I was blown away. I did not expect her to do this. This is pretty amazing. But what really blew me away was what followed. Now, I mentioned that I was out fishing with Paul earlier, and uh, I had to be back at the house so I could bring Chloe to uh, her friend's house. They were going to uh, Rhode Island, a bunch of them. They were going to go and vacation, enjoy the beach and stuff. And the first night that she's out there, I get a text, and she's surf casting. She is is fishing on the beach, having a great time, just fishing, doing her thing. And I was really, really impressed. And it, it got me thinking, I, I really, like, I hope, and I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to push it. I really hope this is something that she really develops uh, a passion for because, I, I think that it can enrich your life so much. I think that fishing adds so, so much. It gets you connected to the outdoors. It's you against nature, literally you against a wild animal. I think that is pretty amazing. So I was really impressed. And then what, what blew me away even more was I went out fishing uh, the following night, Sunday night, and I had been out frog fishing and throwing some buzz baits and mainly working topwater and gotten skunked. And then I got another picture. She was still back at it. I couldn't believe it. So there might be another like, you know, fishing freak in this house. I mean, we got, we got Delaney, which is great, but I never knew that we would possibly get Chloe to get into it. I'm pretty excited about that. Anyway, guys, let's go ahead and get to the interview. Uh, what I'm going to do is this. We're going to take a, a break and uh, get into a little bit with Sean the Fisherman. We'll have a short message, and then we'll be back with Lunker Lads. Buckle up. It's a good one. This is two guests. We got Jake and Ryan, and they're going to talk about how they got, I mean, like I said, these are young guys with an extreme level of passion for not just the sport of fishing, but the lifestyle. They're really, really all about it. Got some great stories, and they're good kids. Future of fishing is in good hands. Absolutely. Guys, we'll see you after Sean the Fisherman. Sean. Sean. 
Sean. Sean. Hey, this is Sean the Fisherman with my weekly story. I just want to tell you guys about a, an odd night fishing catch I had back when I was in high school. A friend of mine and I would, would go night fishing down at the Chicopee River. Uh, apparently, one of his neighbors was a striper fisherman, and uh, he, would, uh, he would pay my buddy for eels. We never caught any, but we never stopped us from going night fishing. So, as we all know in Western Mass, not everybody fishes with a rod and reel. There are plenty of people out there who will go completely simple and tie their line, their, their sinker, and their, their hook to a, a beer bottle and kind of throw it out there like a bola. So... One night I was out fishing with my buddy and I, I got a fish and it came in really, 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 you know, in a difficult manner. <clears throat> and uh, at the end of my line uh, was, in fact, a beer bottle with, uh, you know, a hook, line, and sinker on it and about a pound and a half largemouth attached to it. That was just an oddball experience I thought I'd share. You guys all have a good week. I'm Sean the Fisherman. All right, everybody, it's time for our interview segment. This week, we've got Lunker Lads in the house. Yeah, not not just one guest, but two guests, actually. We've got Ryan and Jake from Lunker Lads. That's how they're known on Facebook, and uh, collectively, that's how uh, everybody uh, in our little circle uh, refers to them as. Ryan, Jake, how you guys doing? We're Rocky doing pretty bad, good, Bobby. Bobby. How are you? Well, hey, man, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing all right. I'm actually I'm feeling pretty damn good. I just I just uh, beat my, my PB for largemouth, so that's a pretty good good feeling right now <clears throat> we'll see how long congratulations it lasts. man yeah it's a pretty it's pretty pretty badass and this this sucker i don't know if you guys saw the picture on uh, instagram but there was a chunk taken out of its tail a huge bite looks like a big northern got it i'll bet you i probably would have would have broke four pounds if that was there i probably would have broke four pounds it was close i yeah, actually I, I did, did see, see that post yeah that was actually crazy seeing that chunk out of the tail that oh, was yeah. a pretty decent chunk I'm like, that's it was huge, and it was bloody as hell. I was like, Jesus, you got to be kidding me. And the best part about it was I decided um, that Saturday that we had all fished over at Lake Lashway, uh, Bill had hooked me up with some of the Hookset Hoodlums uh, Wild Worms. The, the baits that they're coming out with. Yeah. Like just, just a small baggie of them to try out. And I figured, why not? I'll throw one on a drop shot. We'll see what happens. It's got this really nice, vibrant gold flake. And mm-hmm. they just hammered it. <laughs> it's like, that is one hell of a catch to I, get that, trying that's out the a point bait. That's the point of the bait, man. Yeah. They to work. Absolutely. They got, we got to know that they work. And they, they, they work. That's good. So hopefully they'll be going out for production soon. That would be great. Anyway, guys, let's go ahead and t- yes. uh, talk a little bit about, uh, let's get into fishing, really. <laughs> let's talk about uh, how the two of you guys kind of came up, uh, how you both sort of uh, discovered fishing, like how it all kind of happened, and also how it transformed transition to the point now where like like you guys have even said like how it's become like a lifestyle you you're on instagram now and you're building and building and building and creating fishing content how did all of this kind of play together i started fishing at a very young age with my dad my whole family grandfather uncles they used to bring me out just trout fishing off the bottom with the power bait and stuff like that yep but as i got older i transitioned into fishing alone i used to live across a small pond so I'd just be out there as much as I could trying to rip it up for the bass and stuff. Yep. I've always fished from a very young age, and it's always something I love to do. So me and Ryan have been friends for a really long time, and he's loved to fish as much as I have for as long as I have. 
So we've just recently taken this step into making the Instagram page, and it's worked out really good for us. We've gotten a, a lot of support from it. We're almost up to a thousand followers and I think 20 days or something like that. And it's actually crazy. We can't thank the people enough. That's awesome, man. I would have to, you know, say, so the same pond that Jake was just talking about that he lived across. Yep. I actually lived across from it my whole life, pretty much till I was a young teenager. And, you know, I got into fishing because I was, you know, I was a troublemaker when I was a kid. No other way to put it. And it kind of was the only thing I could do that I'd stay out of trouble, and I had a lot of enjoyment doing. And this particular pond, it was a small pond. Everyone called it, like, scuzzies and everything. They tell you if you fell in the water, you'd come out with a third eye. Yeah. Because it was a very weedy pond, you could say. In the summer, like right now, the lily pads start coming up so bad, you almost can't make out water in some spots. But with that being said, the pond doesn't get treated. So you can go there even this time of year and you're just pulling fish and fish and fish and there's quality fish in there too. Like I'm not sure if you had seen the post Jake had put up on the page last week, I think. I think it was three days ago, four days ago, actually. Um, Amazing fish. Yeah, he almost got a five-pounder. And that was out of that one little pond, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So so – I uh, So I got into it because I was across the street. Like I said, it kept me out of trouble, and it was something I really enjoyed doing. Yeah. And it was something that no matter what I did, you know what I mean, there was no way for me to get in trouble doing it, and I found so much excitement and enjoyment doing it. Yep. So then, you know, I was young. I, I barely had what I had, you know what I mean? I, my dad had a tackle box when he was a kid, so I would just make it work. And then I started working at a young age. And when I started working, I would just go to the store like Walmart and buy like the dollar spinner baits, dollar buzz baits and everything, you know? Yeah. And, you know, they work. They work the same. They don't you don't have the same quality, but they get the fish on the hook. And that's all I cared about. Yeah. exactly. And so like Jake said, me and Jake have been really close friends for as long as I can remember now. Yep. And, you know, this has been something me and him have talked about for years coming. And we just never really had the guts to just take that step into it. Yeah. But we also didn't have all of the support, not only, but the financial stability to be able to do it and afford it, you know, all the new gear and everything and um, the resources that we have now. So that was definitely a big step into it. You know, me and him were talking with Joe down at Old Glory. And, you know, we were talking about getting it going and Joe simply said, you know, there's no other way to put it, but that if you don't try, you won't know if you fail or not. So you got to just take the step and try. And if you fail, you fail. If you don't, then, you know, it goes from there. So we, we made the page and like Jake said, it's been like 20 days now, I think. And we're already almost at a thousand followers. We're going to do a giveaway at a (laughs) thousand. That's amazing, man. Yeah, so it was. It's definitely a great feeling, you know. Yeah, a lot of hard work with it, but I personally have so much fun doing it that, you know, the way I look at it, and it's the same way Jake looks at it. If I'm out fishing anyways, I'm catching fish. Why not share it? You know what I mean? And be able to make a name for ourselves. Yep. And be able to grow and show other people the content. You know what I mean? We oh, take yeah. pictures of the fish anyways with the fish. So why not t- take five minutes it. and make a post? You yeah. know. Yeah, and get it, get you know, tie yeah, exactly. it all in with your brand and everything. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So you, yep. you can. It's almost so it's rewarding now 
and you're doing something you absolutely love. Like, yep. I know me personally, if I had it my way, I would quit my job, buy a boat, and just fish for the rest of my life and be happy. Yeah, absolutely. And I would, ha- I would, have, I would have no issues with it at all. Jake, I just went back and looked at that. That is a freaking swine. Holy oh, cow. Man. That was crazy. And that was a frog I, bite too. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was throwing it right off the edge of a lily pad patch, yep. just cranking it in, walking the dog, and she came up and just engulfed the oh, whole thing. Man. It was crazy. It wasn't a specific blow up. But you know when it's such a big fish, it actually just engulfs the bait. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, and it just takes it right down and under. That is awesome, man. That yeah, that was that's awesome. actually funny about that fish. So immediately after, I wasn't with Jake, but immediately after he caught that fish, he called me. Yeah, and he's like, "I just sent you pictures of this fish." He's like, "You wouldn't believe it." So he shows me where he was, and me and him, honestly, well, me personally, I stopped fishing it for a couple of years because they drained it down almost to nothing. Oh, yeah. And it killed off all the fish. Yep. But now these past couple of years, we've been seeing people reel it up, you know, and he went there, gave it a shot. Last week, I'll tell you what, I will say Jake might be the most consistent person I've ever seen. He said last week, beginning of the week last Monday, I'm going to have this frog on until I get a good fish on it. And That's the way to do it. He was consistent with it all week, and he sent me that picture. And you know that's that's a it's a good fish, man. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, that is oh man, that is freaking badass. Yeah, we had a good time fishing last week with you guys. It was a whole lot of fun. Sean does what Sean does, and he put a hurting on everybody. Yeah, especially <laughs> he, me. He put, oh yeah, man, that was rough. That was rough. That, but it was Especially it was a, it was a good time, and I'll tell you what the Hooks at Hoodlum guys got some killer content. Uh, you have have you you've checked out the video right on their YouTube oh, channel? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, they got some great stuff together. It made like what was what was a very long hard day of fishing look like a walk in the park. It was great. That was, oh yeah, exactly. Seriously, yeah. it's that's amazing. Some good edits. That's that's they that's a good edit. quality editing, man. That's what matters. So as yeah, exactly. as far as like fishing for you guys in independently, like what is your ideal like season it for comfort not so much for like you know all you know like oh the spawn obviously because you know fish I, I like sight fishing or they're they're all you know all you know they're pretty much lined up. up for you exactly exactly like as far as like as far as your preference for i like to fish in these kind of conditions like what type of season are you looking for so obviously everyone will tell you free spawn is their favorite yeah that's when you're going to catch the biggest fish and you can locate them a lot easier. Yep. But for me personally, um, I would have to say this time of year is my absolute favorite fishing. It's oh, hard, yeah. yes, but this is when you have to know how to fish. This is when the true fisherman comes out and the weekend fishing goes away. You have to really pull out the bag of tricks some days. You know, Some yeah. days I'm going through my tackle bag and throwing out everything I have to make sure, you know what I mean? But you also have to know what you're doing and where the fish are going to be this time of year. You, yeah. have to, you have to actually find the fish. The fish aren't just sitting on the beds on the shoreline. you gotta, you got to really work for the fish. And that's, you know, I, I love the challenge. Yeah. And that's definitely – and it's been – thus far, this summer has easily been the best summer fishing for me consistently. Yep. You know, I've been out every single day and usually – you land a fish a day, but some day, some days you get the skunk. But you know, 
Jake yeah. caught that five pounder last week. I caught a four pounder two weeks ago. Yep. So this far in the summer, this has been easily the hands down the best summer fishing for me. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, and it is. It, it's a good point too. It's it's funny that you that you say that about the weekend warriors kind of take a step to the side, and the real fishermen go out and they they really like they have to really dig deep into their 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 bag of resources you know whether it be tackle to or figure out knowledge. what they're gonna hit yeah absolutely and it's like I, I tell people all the time one of the things i really like to do when i'm when i'm out trying new techniques is i like to specifically go where i may know how where the fish are and whatever body of water but it's very pressured so yes it's it's just it's one of those things where it really sort of it makes you kind of like really use your head. It's not just casting out and dumb. like today that that nineteen incher I caught that was dumb luck. <laughs> that was just yeah. straight up dumb <laughs> luck. I was like, yeah, there's some grass over there. We'll we'll throw the drop shot over there. But you're right. It's like when in in the summer, it's it's a whole lot easier to be like, man, it is too hot. I'm gonna go sit in the AC. Yeah, exactly. The heat gets to you yeah. so fast, and you know what I mean. So sometimes yep. it, it even feels like you get delusional. You're not catching fish. You're so hot. You want to give up. That's how I felt today, but, man. <laughs> you know, until until I get a fish, I usually or the sun is completely gone. Yeah, I am not leaving until I get the fish. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to you that's know. that's the way to be, man. It, it, you you gotta you gotta commit to it, and and yep. you know, and gr- that's why they call it the grind. You gotta keep grinding. Oh yeah, and it's definitely exactly it's yep. definitely a grind, but. For me personally, it's not it's not a grind. I love fishing. Yeah. If oh, I yeah. could if I could, you know, I'd fish twenty four hours a day. Yeah. You know, it's I it's a grind, it. yes, but it's it's a life, you know what I mean? This is it's what I love doing. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more I'm happier doing. Than it's that. a passion project. Yes, exactly. So Jake, what about you? What about weather conditions and seasons? Like what do you like your ideal time to be out on the water? When is it? My ideal time to be out on the water bass fishing, I would definitely have to agree with Ryan on that one and say summer. Okay. It might be tougher fishing, but like you said, if you can get it down and you figure out what to throw, where the fish are, you're gonna have a blast out there. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, fall times, spring times. The fishing might be a little bit easier. They might be a little bit less pressured from the people, the weekend warriors who have stepped away from the summer, who just yep. are doing their thing. I, I'd say summer all day. I, there's so many different things you can do in the summer. You can flip frogs off the mats. You can that's true. Skirt the shoreline. It's just so many different options you can do to actually try and get on the fish. Yeah. Yeah, you really need to be versatile. You know, you've got to you you can't just say like, "Oh, this is the way I'm going to fish." You know, I mean, yeah, like the you, like the fall. Yeah, I mean, like the like the spring where it's like you could throw almost anything in a bed and they're going to take it. Yeah, exactly. Here you've got to be able to be like, you know, I'm okay. So maybe I'm not comfortable with moving baits. Maybe I'm more of a finesse presentation kind of kind of yeah. fisherman. You know, but I've got to kind of adapt to whatever is going on that day because they and they can in the summertime they can be really finicky too you get oh yeah different changes in temperature different pressure systems from storms you know it can it can mess everything up and it's it is it's bananas man it is absolutely yeah exactly um what are your favorite types of bodies of water to fish do you guys lean more towards small ponds and lakes do you like larger bodies of water uh larger lakes or are you looking for for current like you're looking for rivers and streams Personally, me, yep. I'm a small pond guy. Yeah. That's where I grew up. That's where like my comfort zone is fishing. 
it's just so much easier to me to be able to just fly across a body of water if you're on a kayak, walk around it. Yep. And you have that casting advantage where you can cast farther out, cast farther across. It's just all around to me. I'm a small pond guy. Yeah, I agree. You can definitely break it down, you know, a lot easier than like trying to calculate a huge body of water, you know, and figure out exactly. where they're at. What about you, Ryan? I, I'll have to – I'd go 50-50. Yep. You know, I would definitely go small pond guy because you can cover the absolute most water. Yeah. You're able to – like Jake just said, you saw a kayak in, and you can cover almost the whole pond throughout the day. Oh, yeah. But I like the big, big lakes as well. It's harder fishing. You got to be able to find the fish. You know what I mean? And a lot of the times when me and Jake go out on the kayaks, we don't have fish finders. So yeah. we're, we're finding the fish ourselves. The so that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely really exciting when you're able to find fish and land them. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. You know, like, like we went to, how you said, we all went to last week. Uh, last weekend and you know everyone got a fish i got a fish but every time i went to get it in like one i missed right off the side of the kayak i was putting my thumb in his mouth and he spit the hook the other two i missed reeling in i didn't set the hook hard enough i guess yeah so definitely you know but but like days like that you know what i mean we were all, all of us all what was it five or six of us we were all over the whole entire lake oh yeah and that's that's not a small i wouldn't consider that one a small pond you know what I mean? That no, we were cover some acres. We were all over. Yeah, we were all over the whole pond, and you know, we were all figuring out what was working for us personally. Yeah, that's what that's what I like right there is you you can work you work the whole water, but you know what I mean? It's not you can't work the whole entire thing. You know, you can oh, work yeah. a good chunk. That's one of the big reasons why I get so frustrated with, with mainly with rivers. Honestly, is because like. It's so hard to dial in because things can oh, just yeah. change, you know. Oh yeah, like you know, a tree exactly. falls up upstream, and yeah, the whole river is completely changed yeah, from absolutely. that tree down. Yep, you get you know, or you get you get some flooding, and and you know, you've got all this cover that has you know has moved a little bit. You know, you've got laydowns that have maybe maybe shifted, or the water levels rising and dropping. This I ran into today, where yeah. I was like, you know, if the water level was where it normally is then we would have all this timber to flip jigs into and all this stuff would be ideal. But now it's like we're looking at sandy bottoms because it's like normally it's too deep for any any yeah. kind of you know any 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 real cover to be down there. Um yeah. and it, it is. It's it's just kind of crazy. But there are some people who just love they love current. They're like, yeah. I I definitely do. Yeah. Like me and Jake um go to the Swift River a lot. Yeah. And I love being there. Is to me, there is nothing better than being there. It's it is honestly to me the most gorgeous place in the state of Massachusetts I've ever been. Oh, it's it's. I mean, you can see you sightsee, you see the fish. You know, it's it's an amazing. Even just being there, being in the water, you know what I mean. It's it's an amazing sight to see. No, it really is. That's one of the big reasons why I need to get my own kayak soon, so that I can go and do some of the the local anglers to my area you know i grew up in belchertown so i was like i i the swift river i i have been fishing forever and it has been frustrating you know when you're when you're fishing for like stalker trout in there and you're like you know 12 year old kid you're sitting there you're just like come on i can see them (laughs) 
you know? Yeah. And it's, it is, yeah. water is, is, is clear as vodka. I mean, it is just, it's unbelievable out there. And it's so pressured. So when you land yeah. a fish there, there is no it's better so rewarding. Like yeah. It. They totally, totally make you know, it work for it. No. I've, I, I went there, I'd say probably six or seven times till I caught my first fish in there. Yeah. And, you know, on the fly rod, I should specify on the fly rod. I went there. I've only ever gone there with my fly rod, but six or seven times I, when I caught the fish, not only was it my first native trout, That's it was awesome. a nice, it was a nice little brookie in the swift. There was no better feeling. I went to go and snap a picture and I dropped my phone in the water, oh. unfortunately. So I was more worried about recovering my phone that was sitting in the 50 degree water yep. than I was the picture at that point. Do you guys remember the video when, uh, I think it was last summer, John B. was in New England, and he shot a video at the Swift and caught a bunch of brookies on like... Yes, yes. I what it, so I have a friend of mine, one of the, actually, <laughs> I, I have two friends of mine that live right along the Swift, three friends now that I think about it, one of which... Uh, has been on the show before, Eric Dowd. He lives right on the banks of the Swift. And, mm-hmm. you know, and what's funny is none of these guys f- fly fish at all. Of course not. No, and it. Uh, I this weekend I almost like, like or, or well, yeah, this week while I was in Vermont, I was like, there's so many just beautiful areas to fly fish. And that seems to be the big buzz up there. Like if like I was using fish brain, looking at what some of the catches were local in my area, lots of trout. And lots of people catching them on flies. And I'm like, okay, yeah. there's some bass, but, you know, it's a little bit harder to track down. And I had uh, I, I had decided I was actually, I was probably about a 10-minute drive away from the National Fly Fishing Museum. <laughs> and I was going oh. to go, but they are apparently closed until July 17th. So there was nothing yeah. I could do about it. But I was considering, I was like, you know, maybe I should just go and buy a fly rod and like a small kit. Put it together. I'll tell you what. Try it. I'll tell you what. It's definitely worth the shot. Yeah, I I agree. That's what it was for me. Was a big shot in the dark. Was hey, you know, I've been watching a lot of stuff on it. Doesn't look too hard, but it does at the same time. Yeah, it does. It looks really challenging. Went and bought a cheap setup, and Jake Jake had a good idea how to do it. Yep. He showed me what he knew, and boom. Like I'm I can't stop doing it yeah i should i should really you know take the leap and, and go for it i've gone down a, like my finesse gear and my like my ultralight rods and thrown you know rooster tails and things like that and you, like especially in the fall when the brookies are all fired up oh my yeah. god it is amazing out there i do i really do love the swift river there's some good smallmouth if you float down a little further down in your kayak if you go where the launch is and bring it down yeah. a little bit but watch out there's a pretty good sized dam there and up top too, up past the Y pool, there's uh, a lot of good smallies that come from the Quabbin up there too. Oh, really? I didn't know there were yeah, up that way. That's so good the to know. day I caught my brookie. Yep. There was a guy who was up there fighting a fish, and it, when he pulled it out, it was a huge smallie. Really? And you know, to me, catching something like that on a fly rod, there'd be nothing like it. Like I seen oh, a picture fly- there. Actually, my God. Yeah, I actually sent it over to Jake. Jake, you seen that brown that I sent you? Yeah, that was cr- that was a crazy fish. So, Bobby, if you go on Mass Wildlife's Instagram, okay, 
Look at the size of that brown trout that that uh, guy was able to land today. You know what? Somebody, I think, shared this with me recently. This was just today. Oh, it was just today. It's a once-in-a-lifetime fish. You know what I mean? That's not a brown you catch every day. Oh, my God. The guy in the in the red shirt? Oh, my God. Yeah, I God. believe so. It's huge. That is an absolute pig. You know, that that right there is a dream fish for me. Yeah. No, uh, that's a dream fish for pretty much anybody. On honestly, anyone. Yeah, I mean anybody. Like out of a, I mean, and and that the thing is with the Swift River is it is so well known amongst the angling community. Not even just locally. Like there's a lot of people that do travel to fish over there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It it, it really is an amazing spot. That's unbelievable. Let's talk about baits though. Um, as far as your confidence baits. Like, give me, give me not your number one. Give me your each of you your top three confidence baits. Let me reword that question. So, imagine for a minute, right, that you're going out to fish from the bank, and maybe you're visiting someplace, and you can only bring two rods. You can bring a bait caster, and you can bring a spinning combo. What do you rig each one with? Oh. Yeah. That's a good question. I like That's that. That's a hard one. question. It is me, hard. I usually one. don't use spinning rods. Yeah. That's a hard one. Ooh. Spinning um, rod and a bait caster. What am I rigging? What kind of water? Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll say, what, what water body? We'll, we'll say it's a, it's a, a medium-sized pond. Has a little bit of everything in it. What type of what, – what season are we talking here? Uh, we'll, say, we'll say summer. Ooh. Summer. Uh, and it's not all right. crazy overgrown with weeds. Like it's pretty well balanced. So there's some cover, yep. but it's not absolutely matted up. Yeah. All right. For me, I think I'd have to go on the bait caster. I'd definitely bring a frog. And on the spinning rod, I'd just have to rig it up with the, maybe a um, Texas rig creature bait or just um, just a non-weighted Texas rig plastic worm. Yep. I'd have to go with my bait casting rod. I would throw – uh, top waters, well as Jake, what I would go with a whopper plopper 110. Yep. I'd go with that on the bait caster and on the spinning rod. I would have to go with, I'd probably, I'd probably do a craw with a 3 8 ounce weight. Yeah. Okay. Very Flipping nice. Flipping it around. I've that's had a, a lot of luck with that. Yeah. That's, that's a good, it's, and, and actually it's funny because the, the reason why I kind of modify that question is that's pretty much what I did. Um, when I was at, uh, when I was on vacation was, I was like, okay, I'm not going to bring all my rods. So I'll bring a couple and this is what I'm going to do. And I actually, I ended up bringing three. Cause I was like, I don't want to have one, one bait caster dedicated to top water. Um, mm-hmm. but I was like, if I had to bring two, what would I bring? And I'm like, you know, I would bring the top water rig and I would probably be switching back and forth from a fluorocarbon leader with a jig and a uh, you know something top water like a buzzbait uh, yep. or, or a frog, mm-hmm. and on the on the other side of it, I would probably have my spinning combo spooled up with braid, and I'd put on a leader so I could do drop shots and net rigs, but also clip that off and then throw like lighter poppers. 
Yeah, that was a. Mm, that, yeah. I would have to go with uh, the craw or the Ned rig on my yeah. finesse on the spinning rod. I just I was having so much fun with the rock bass with the Ned. It was just I kind of had forgotten how how killer it can be, and just yeah, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I caught a three and a half pounder on a Ned in March, and it was absolutely mind bending to me that I was able to catch that caliber of fish on a tiny, tiny little bait. It was kind of that so, was the moment where I was like, yeah, this is legit. <laughs> Yeah, so it's funny you actually said that. So uh, Joe, one day, he went out fishing with the uh, one of the guys over at Bog Hog uh, Baits. Yep. They, they're a big jig company around here locally. Oh, yeah. And um, he went out fishing with them for the day. And he Jay is his name, and he showed Joe the Ned rig. Joe that day came to me and me and him were out fishing together. And he says, listen, he's like, you have to try this. He's like, I never tried it before. You have to try this. It kills fish. First cast with the Ned rig. Boom. Yeah. Smallmouth. Like a two pound, two and a half pound smallmouth. And I was like, after that, I was hooked. I was hooked. I never tried it before. And then I, I went and told Jake, you know what I mean? I told all my friends, like, you, you guys got to try this stuff. Yeah. You know? It's no joke. Man. It's a great no. rig. And actually, it's it's funny. There's there's another rigging that I I didn't realize that there was a name for it. Uh, basically, what would happen was I was fishing with a Ned, and I was using uh, a kind of a traditional mushroom head with the exposed yep. hook, and I was just getting yep. hung up on all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, you know, what can I do here? And I have some really, really small extra wide gap hooks. So I decided I'd take my smallest bullet weight with a bobber stop, one of those hooks, and I just use the rattle and Ned and Texas rig that. And come to find out that essentially what that is is like they call it a TCR rig or a tiny child rig. I and never even heard of that one. Yeah, yeah I, me It's good to know, though. I didn't know that it was a real – and I think there is some other kind of a modifying part of it. Like I think it's a specific weight or something along those lines. Or you know what? Actually, it might not even have the bullet weight with the bobber stop. It might mm-hmm. be – rigged with a nico ray uh with a nico weight yeah. on the back end of it but i mean yeah. you know either way it's it's the same same principle and it's just yeah. it's deadly it just it doesn't get hung up nearly as much and it works i'm gonna have to try that oh uh, yeah it's, it's fantastic i can't can't say nearly enough good about it that and i've been slaying them lately on um this underspin this uh tungsten underspin i've been using yeah from reaction yep. from reaction tackle and it's like I've been using it with the saucy swimmer and the ex, uh, the exo swim, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the ones I think they're like three point eight or maybe four inch, and they just I've just been slaying them. And that is a presentation I was never ever comfortable with, but that's like my search bait now. You know, I've been throwing that, and it's it's weedless. It's got just enough flash. It's natural looking. You can change up the plastic and get a whole other kind of vibe from it. It's just it's killer. You know. Yeah. Oh man, for sure the underspins are great. Yeah, they are. They're pretty, pretty freaking amazing. And like swim baits, I know have a, a cult following. Like the real hard body swim baits. Eventually, oh yeah, that's like a whole can of worms. That eventually, I think we're probably all going to open. Do you guys throw any large swim baits at this point? I haven't, and yeah, I just personally haven't yet. It's something I'm kind of wanting to been like dive into. Yeah, but same like here. you said, it's just one of those things that you're either really about it. Or you really just don't do it. Yeah, 
Absolutely, absolutely. What uh, now? This is the question that has come up, and it's kind of gotten some buzz. And it's kind of funny because today I had uh, my buddy I was out fishing with gave me a big bag of these like novelty kind of lures. Um, mm-hmm. of one specific kind, and I, I'll tell you afterwards. But um, So anyway, there's a saying amongst the, the tackle industry that the tackle companies catch more suckers than the products that they produce, the novelty stuff that they produce, will actually catch fish. In your lifetime, what is that number one like ridiculous fishing tackle trend that you saw occur? And follow-up question, have you ever been guilty of actually trying it? So I... Uh... I'd have to agree with Becca on this. Uh, yep. I remember in the episode before she had talked about that it wasn't so much a bait as it was a rod. Yeah, the rocket so, rod. Yeah, when I was younger, I I bit into the rocket rod. I had my dad. I was like, hey, you know, this, this is what I want. I had him buy me it for my birthday. I told him that was the only gift I wanted for my birthday. He bought it for me. And I'll tell you what, that is the biggest ripoff. Oh, believe I it. Ever. <laughs> got if anyone is listening here do not buy it for your children it is not as advertised that thing said it shoot shot up i think it was 30 feet yeah that thing didn't shoot two inches in front of me i believe it but the bait i would say i'd have to say that i did buy and i fell for it it was uh it was like a live shiner bait so if you had a picture you had a dead minnow or a dead shiner uh-huh and you like you inserted this thing into it somehow and it made the shiner come back to life. That's it was electronic. Oh my god! Yeah, it was something really? like that. And it was the biggest ripoff. I would rather throw a dead shiner out on a hook. Yeah, because I had more luck doing that than I did with this. It was like it scared the fish away. <laughs> yeah, it had such an unnatural presentation <laughs> to it. Let alone you have to do like microsurgery in order well, to exactly. just and it had, stick it right through it. It had such an unnatural presentation that oh, geez. I would rather throw a dead shiner on a hook and have still probably end up having more luck. Yeah, because I used it a dozen times and didn't have luck on it at all. And That's I just brutal. Threw it away. Oh, that is brutal. <laughs> what about you, Jake? What do you think? Um, for me, I'd personally have to say I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure on the specific brand and name of it. Yep. But I remember as a kid seeing like commercials on TV about like robotic jerk baits and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And I told I told my mom I was like I I need one. Like I just need one. It's all I wanted like Ryan said. Yep. And I basically just begged until she got me one and I went out to use it and I think it was like maybe the third cast in it crapped the bed. Yeah. Was it is it, it's battery operated, right? Right, yeah. I don't understand how that stuff could possibly work. Electronics, especially, like, this is, like, when I bought that, it was probably when I was 11, 12, so it wasn't, like, big into when all this waterproofing stuff and everything came out. Exactly. It was before, yeah. you know? like, the technology advanced enough to actually have everything well, water, like, tight. And, like, that's the thing. There's stuff out there now that is, like, deeper. Deeper is a really good example. Have you guys ever played around with one of these? No, no, I haven't. So deeper is uh, there's two of them. It's it's basically a fish finder for bank anglers. What you do mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. you tie it on a rod and then you you cast it out and it's oh I do know what you're talking yeah. about now. And it's what it basically connects to your smartphone and it's water yeah. activated. Mm-hmm. So the water goes inside and basically 
basically turns a switch essentially and it, it activates right. once it's wet and then it transmits to your phone all this information but like it's i think the deeper chirp is like a 300 hundred dollar item you know what i mean okay yeah. i get that it's got that but like let's say if a lure like an expensive lure generally is going to cost about what 25 bucks you know, so even if you buy yeah. a robotic jerk bait or or whatever it might be, or the 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 zombie minnow butt plug or whatever it was, you know, whatever whatever that is, if they if they're trying to price it at like let's say let's say twenty five dollars, they're like somebody's gonna buy this, you know, and yeah, <laughs> there's I mean, no hey. way they could waterproof it for that amount of money. <laughs> there's no Seriously. way exactly, but you know the way I look at it is. It's it's almost hard to say because you have all these floating plastics, yeah. like hard plastics, like the poppers and stuff. Oh yeah. The way the way that some people think is, oh, that's waterproof. They can make this waterproof. But what the people don't get is that's a mold that is just poured, so not solid. Yeah. But hollow, and it's it's you know what I mean. There's no batteries. You don't have to change batteries. Exactly. Or and and once you once you get into a battery compartment, now that that's a good access for water to get in. Yep. Exactly. Once you add that like electric wiring in there, it just changes up the whole the game completely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just I can never I can never ever understand it. I I even went so far as to like when people like the the DC series reels from Shimano. I'm like, what yeah. do you need mm -hmm. a microchip in your reel for? It doesn't make any sense. Now I'm <laughs> going to be buying one. Um, do, do, you, you know what those do, right? It's It basically isn't, isn't like a brake activation system. It is a cheating bait caster is what it is in my eyes. Gotcha. It stops your spool before it hits the water. Yeah. It's an automatic braking system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that way you're not calibrating, needing to calibrate anything, or, or you know, which you, is nice. But yeah. But my wonder is, is if you say you free spooled it, you put the brakes, you turn the brakes off. Yep. So you're at zero on the brake. You know what I mean? You have that either left or right little knob on the real side, all the way out. Yep. Does it still backlash, or does it prevent that? Yeah. You know what I mean? The, that's, that's that's my biggest question. I'll tell you, my biggest issue with backlashing isn't isn't the wind. It's not anything environmental. It's being a moron and forgetting. Because what I'll do, I'll give you a perfect example. I have a setting on my uh, jig rod where if I'm casting a jig, I like that break to be set because I'm I'm putting a different kind of force into it. But if I'm if I'm pitching a jig, I like to open it up by like four or five clicks. Well, yeah. if if I do a few pitches and then I decide to cast and I forget. That's when I have a backlash. I, mm. I do the same thing. I'm yeah. guilty of it as well, Bobby. Yeah. It, it just, it's part of it because then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. It's like the reminder. Like, oh, let me go ahead and adjust this brake. So I could see the yeah. DC. If it, could, if it could help me not do that, if I could just set it and then forget it and then just pitch and flip or cast or, you know, however I was going to – whatever I was doing, that would be amazing. But I'm like – Well, hey, yeah. I believe Joey at Old Glory – ordered a few of those reels i i, I will probably have one soon <laughs> uh, how do you like the uh, the corrado you bought i i'm gonna do a full review i love it i i left what's funny is is so so uh, we had left that day sean and i and sean's like you know i've, I've had corrados before and I, you're gonna get frustrated with that and i was like what do you mean he goes well all the brake adjustments are internal so you have to open up the cap and then adjust them all and, you know, put it all back. He's like, the problem is if you're doing this outdoors and you drop something, you're screwed. Well, 
I don't know if Shimano had made some changes, but there's basically, yes, you have to change the tabs for the brakes internally, set them the way you want. But there is a small control for more or less. So you can yeah, get yeah. a small adjustment there. And I have a feeling that's something that they probably had added after getting some feedback from that fir the first edition of Corrado's that came out with that braking system. Yes, I'm pretty sure that they have the same braking system now as most bait casters. They have the, the magnetic brake and the uh the spin brake well the um the brake that the corrado has is a it's where you have to put the tabs in place so it's not a dial you actually have to open oh. up the top and, and 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 there's i think is it four tabs or six and there's six so there's, there's so there's tabs in there and you basically have to like the ones across from each other you have to open mm -hmm. or close depending how you like it you know i, I took it I, I i put a frog on there the frog that i use most like to get that weight to kind of get you know uh, sort of comfortable with that weight and i would cast a bunch um with that and and found i wasn't you know i dialed it in really really well and then i put a, a buzz bait on which was much heavier and yeah. still had no issues with it and what else did i throw on there the frog the buzz bait i don't know that i threw any other top waters other than those but i was really surprised that it was like no serious backlashing at all it was just like but oh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big thumb break guy like unless i'm really just not thinking i like to try to err on the side of caution uh whenever oh possible. i don't that is my big issue so it's funny that you mentioned that so i i bought one of the spro rats i absolutely love it i would 10 yep. out of 10 recommend it to any aggressive angler it's not something that you want to buy if you don't fish a lot because it's expensive yeah i've been having trouble with my braid recently on my yeah. bait caster that gets sucked under like the next piece yeah so oh, it absolutely. spits right back at me yep and i'm trying to throw that thing out far so it was funny that you mentioned that. So yesterday, me and Jake were at uh, the Pond Mudsies where he caught that big one at. And it there you don't want to swim. You don't. It's so weedy. There's so yeah. many snappers in it. You, you don't want to be in that water. Definitely. And I hum it, and it, it the line pulled underneath it, so it just boom. Oh, and, and it then, just explodes. But it did. But the thing was, it didn't snap. Well, that's Jake good. was like, yeah. Jake was like, hey, you're gonna be you going to be easier with that or are you going to keep doing it? I was like, I can't figure out what it is. So I'm trying to cast all the line out. Yeah. And he, he asked the funny questions. Like, so if you lose that rat right now and it goes in the middle of the lake, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting undressed and I'm swimming for it. Oh my God. There's no other way to put it. I'm swimming yeah. for it. You know? Yeah. That's, I mean, I've had a lot of success with it. That's one of the things with, with some of, with, with braid. It's like, I, there was a, I think Lunker Hunt made this one frog bait where the legs kind of had like a cup sort of at the foot and it would, it, they would spin. The legs would spin kind of like a whopper yeah. plopper does. Yeah. And, yeah. But it had that, the hook style, like a topwater frog that kind of came up and around the back end of it. Mm -hmm. So it was really, yeah, it, it was actually sure. kind of nice because I was able to cast with this into some slop and fish it through frog conditions, but get whopper plopper action, but not hung, hang up any treble hooks. It was really kind of yeah. cool. But yeah. there was one day I was out fishing with that. And here's, that's one of the things with braid. It's like, if you stop it too quick, that line can just snap on you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that lure will just go for a ride. And I was like, oh, well, the current's coming back this way. It'll come back around. And it never came back around. I'm like, you son of a nope. bitch. And it was in the fall. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not getting in the water now. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was a gross pond. 
Oh, yeah. That's that's the hardest part is when you're fishing these gross ponds, man. You don't want to send out one of your $20, $25 no, lures. Cause no, no. Me, no. personally, I'm going to every extent to get that lure back. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it means I get in the water. And that's one of those things where the, I think that I got this lure from Mystery Tackle Box. And yeah. it was one of these things where I'm like, and that's part of the reason why I love MTB is I'm like, I'm the guy that wants to play around with new techniques. And I want to try stuff that I've never, ever done before and see if it works. And if it's garbage, then whatever. But what's nice yeah. about MTB is, you know, I'm not paying full retail. It's like, I look at it as a game. Like the amount that you pay for that box, you get the these baits, hey, whatever happens to them, happens to them. Great. I may never exactly. use any of them. You know what I mean? But it's more mm-hmm. about like, okay, so we'll see what actually can work. Because I've got my confidence baits and the things that I know that I'm, I'm always going to be buying. You know, I know I'm always going to buy Rattle and Neds and TRDs. I know I'm always going to buy Yamamoto Senkos, you know? And it's just those are the things that I I believe in, you know. But it's like then you get some interesting stuff and you're like, okay, we're going to give this a shot. I am working. So I'll tell you with the the lure, the ridiculous lure, um, it was Tim Jacks. He gave me a bag of banjo minnows. And when I say he gave me a bag of banjo minnows, like a full quart size freezer bag jam-packed with banjo minnows. (laughs) And I guess – I think the elastics for them have aged out. Like he was like, yeah, the elastics are no good in there. But he's like, hey, you know, if you want to use them as a prize or something, that's kind of what I want to do it is like as a joke prize for one of our tournaments. And that's going to be coming up soon. Yeah. We'll be doing some tournaments too. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, so I'm going to hop in that one. Yeah, as well Almost as definitely. as well as a meetup. But Sean and I have a couple of really good ideas to get uh, to kind of skirt away. We're basically holding out until. Um, things get a little bit more comfortable with some people so we can do a legit yeah. meetup and have, I'd love to have Joe and old glory with a booth and some product and have the hook set hook oh, yeah. guys there, you guys there, like basically the whole crew all together and just do like a big meetup and then have everybody fish in nearby body water. I have a good idea of how it's going to play out where we can avoid having to do permits or anything like that. Cause we won't be doing a, a tournament like that. It'll be uh, it'll be online. It'll catch photo release tournament, but it'll be a blast. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be cool. We'll see what happens. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm yeah. all for it. Let uh, us know what's going definitely. on. Yeah, I mean, we'll figure it out. It, it's, it'll be a waiting game until we find it. Like even right now, my day job, I'm, I'm I'm out finally hosting trivia nights and stuff like that at some restaurants. But some of my regulars are like, "Yeah, we're not really ready to go and hang out. Like, what's it like? Is it is it really packed? Public you know? and stuff. Yeah, some people are really really nervous about it. I can't say that I blame yeah, them. They're on the edge. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can't say that I blame them. So like at the same time, I don't want to go and organize this really kicking event and then like five people show up because they're like, we're we don't care, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'd like it to be a good turnout, but yeah, we'll get of course. There. I need you guys to go ahead and dig up. Each of you, two stories. So one of them has to be of like the uh, just a major win, whether it's a PB or like a catch that you're just super proud of. One of those like epic catches where you're just like, yeah, this is it. Tell me the story about that one. And then also follow it up with one of the biggest epic fails on your side. So for me, my good, my good story would be about this past week, this last week yep. that just passed. Um, how Ryan said earlier in the episode, I told him I was determined to catch a nice fish on the frog. And the whole week, the whole previous week, 
I fished it, gotten some blow-ups, gotten a couple hookups, but they spit the hook under the water, getting yeah. tangled up in the reeds and stuff like that. So I didn't get to land the fish. And then I go out the day after the 4th of July with a couple buddies fishing that small pond and maybe fourth, fifth cast in. That's when the, that big mama took my, um, my Guggen frog and I was just stoked. Absolutely awesome. so hyped. It just made me realize that the hard work fishing through the not landing fish and not getting bites, it actually makes up that one big fish makes up for all those missed fish and all those days not catching the fish. Absolutely, and, it does, doesn't it? Isn't it magical the way that that happens? Oh, yeah, for sure. My bad story would probably, earlier this year, I hooked up into a nice fish. It was probably three, three and a half. And right, right at the shoreline, mm -hmm. about to flip it up onto the land, and I think either my knot slipped or my line just busted, and oh. I was hurt. That's the worst feeling ever, man. Because you're like, when you battle it all the way there, you're like, we're just about there. This is it. Win. We got it. And then Exactly. And oh. then six inches offshore, it's just gone forever. Yeah, that's no fun, man. That sucks. Crazy disappointing. And like, especially like when you see, I talk about this a lot, how when you're reeling a fish in and they go broadside and you can see kind of the like, actual size of the fish. Yeah, and, yes. like, oh, and that's exactly. when it hurts if you oh. lose it. That is when it hurts when you lose. It's yeah. when you 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 see the fish. When you know it's a decent fish, yep. like you can you can have it hit, and you know, okay, that's a heavier fish, like that's yep. decent size, and you can have a dink hit it and be like, all right, that's definitely a dink. But when you don't really know, yeah, and you actually see the fish before you like fight it, yeah, yeah, you know, it's awful when that happens. Yeah, that's that is that is a terrible feeling, and it's so hard to rebound from that when you're like, okay, shake it off, we're gonna catch another big one, and then you know, like, you're you know, in the bottom yeah. of your heart, you're not gonna. Yeah, you're like, that was the shot, you know. But hey, that's what we do. We wake up another day to do this all over again, you know, and that's chase exactly. that bigger one. Rinse, wash, and repeat. Yep, exactly, exactly. What about you, Ryan? What's what are like your 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 biggest, you know? Tales of like pride versus the the most epic fail. This is this is a a good question. So, um, the best I would have to say would be, ooh, I'd say probably two weeks ago. I, uh, me and Jake, we were out at Lake Lashway fishing right from the bank. Yep, and you know. It was the first day I was throwing these whopper ploppers. And I knew that they did damage because my cousin who fishes the quabbin every weekend, he fishes a lot of local ponds. Yep. He shows me the picture of the fish. And you know what I mean? It, it's proof that it does this damage. Oh, yeah. And I would have to say that, you know, it's amazing what it does. So I was casting... One day, like I said, first day I got him because Joey at Old Glory just got him in, and I, you know what I mean. I was like, "Yeah, I'll take two of them." Sign you know? me up, yeah. It, exactly. You know, I got to try. I got to try something new, and I'm throwing it along the shoreline. I look away for two seconds because yep. I hear like a fish come up out of the water on the right hand side of me, and then I just hear clap. And Jake looks at me, goes, "Ryan, that's a big one," and I didn't feel it tug yet. And then it tugged. So oh, I set yeah. the hook 
And he's like, Ryan, I'm letting you know, like that that's a that's a good fish. Like, don't horse it, you know. Yeah. So I adjust my drag a little bit. I'm not horsing it. This fish goes right into the reeds. Oh god. Like so you came to last with yeah. us. You saw how some of the grass get like where the pussy willows are. I think it's it gets really, really thick. Yeah, it does. It's crazy. So the fish shot right into there. And I was like, no. Like, I told Jake, I was like, you know, I might go in the water to grab this fish. And then the fish jumps out of the water. And I was like, don't do that. Don't do that. And I look and I notice that the back set of hooks actually hooked the, like, midway down on the fish. Oh, okay. So the fish was almost curled like a sea, so the fish couldn't swim anymore. So gotcha. then I just I, then I just horsed it in, you know. That's the biggest fish I got this year. I grabbed that thing out of the water, and you know what I mean? I I, I yelled pretty loud because I was excited that I I thought I was going to lose the fish in the reeds, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that was good, you know? That's a and real I, battle. I, that's a real. Like, yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah, that is, that's intense. Exactly. And, you know, I've had a lot of bad stories from throwing brand new fishing poles in and oh yeah, everything. <laughs> you know, Jake Jake was there for the most recent one. Just bought a pole a couple, like probably a week, two before. It was my trout setup. And yep. I was bet me and Jake, we like like challenging each other. Who can catch the biggest fish on the, the lightest rod, the lightest tackle, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And fun, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I had, I'd say probably two and a half, three pounder on. And I I had told Jake, I was like, hey, can you get your line out of the way so I can jump down? And he was reeling in, but the fish zipped off over his line. Oh. I'm using like four or five pound, uh, four test. Oh, Jesus. And it snapped off and the anger got the best man threw it in. But the thing that I'd definitely say was like the biggest epic fail was I was down at the canal two years ago and about this time of year and me and my cousin and his daughter went down. Yep. We were, we were killing the stripers, man. Just nonstop. Boom, boom, boom. My cousin handed my little cousin. She was eight or nine at the time. The, the 10 foot surf caster, she hooked up a rod. She almost got pulled in. The fish was so big. Oh man. So then I threw out, it's the, uh, what is it called? The sea bill, the magic swimmer. Oh yeah. And I threw that out. And it was like the thing hit the water and the fish knew it was coming. And it took it. So I, I get this thing in, good five-minute fight with the current and everything. I go to land the fish at the bottom of the canal. I almost slip in. You don't want to slip in the canal. No. You know, the current will take you right, right away. So I readjust. I grabbed the fish. I went to put my other hand through its gills. So it was a big fish. So I, I wanted to, you know what I mean, double fist it, I guess you could say. Yeah, exactly. So the fish flopped as I went to put my hand in the gill, and my hand that was in his mouth came off. And I grabbed it again, but the hook, like, barely pierced where my thumb and index finger are, like that arch. Oh, okay. And then my cousin goes, oh, Ryan, you should probably pull that. And I was like, oh, it's like one of those hooks you do to yourself, and it just pops right out. Yep. And I didn't think of it. The fish starts really thrusting. Like, I believe the fish weighed... Uh, 28 pounds it was. Holy crap. So this fish has some serious thrusting it's power. Got some, it starts, it's got some juice, yeah. It starts ripping because it wasn't happy. And it buried that hook so far in my hand. Oh, my God. So the thing was, was I had the fish. The fish came unhooked because it hooked me. I threw the fish up on the shore. Yep. So I, wa I wanted, you know what I mean, my picture with it you and everything. You want to land it. Yeah, you've gone this far. 
Right, with yeah. all that work. Exactly. And I look, and the hook was so deep in my hand. Oh, Jesus. I grab it. I try ripping it out. Nothing. And I'm talking, this thing was way past the barb. This thing was almost flush with the other hooks. It was that deep in my hand. Oh, my God. I grab it. I try to rip it out. And thankfully, I was sitting down. I passed out. And when I had actually fallen back, my head landed in a pile of dog shit. So <laughs> that was not fun. That was not fun. So I look at my cousin. Like, he starts dumping water on me. So I wake back up. And you know what I mean? Like, I started, like, almost going into shock. Yeah, I believe it, man. You must have been bleeding like him, a son of a bitch, too. It didn't bleed at all. Really? At all. It went in, and that was it. And I told him, I, I looked at him, and I was like, hey, do you think like the braid trick will work? And he was like, no, it's way too deep. So I called the local hospital, Yep. and it was like over the Bourne Bridge. We were on like the mass side, not the Cape side. Yep. And they were like, yeah, if you don't have your health insurance card, we won't take you. I'm an hour and a half away from home, an hour and a half away from the local hospital where I usually go. Yep. Got my picture with the fish, drove all the way back up here, sat in the hospital for 10 hours waiting for them to pull it out. Oh, my God. Uh, it was awful. I still act, I have the hook hanging in my living room Yeah, as, you don't, like, yeah. memorabilia. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something you don't give away. That's something you leave in your will. Cause that, oh, yeah. That was – holy. That, that's a part of me, man. It, so it was – the hook was actually so deep in my hand. Yep. It went through my joint, like physically through my bone and pinned my joint and my thumb together. So there was no – I couldn't pull it out by myself. Yeah, there was nothing you were going to do. The barb, oh the barb was – like the barb was actually inside of my bone. Still? Ugh. No, not anymore. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, whoa. No, they were able to. They, so the thing was, it's not like a regular hook where you pop the barb through, cut it, retract. Yep. They had to pull it back through the same spot it went in. Oh, Jesus. Ugh. And that, they put so much numbing stuff in my hand. They said that this is how much we put when someone breaks their arm and they don't feel it. I felt every pull, twitch, fiddle, everything they did with I'll it. I bet you you did. Oh, my God. Oh. That was that was some tough stuff. So that definitely was the epic fail. I landed the fish, got the fish, but pain came with the fish. to catch himself. Yeah. Yeah, well, wow. the fi- hey, the fish wasn't happy. I hooked him, so he hooked me he back. He hooked you back. That's Jesus. right. You know, it's and that funny. Was We've got these stories about, um, about being hooked, and you guys had mentioned fishing with Becca. Did you see the video where she uh, got hooked and she was fishing with uh, Alex Perrick? Alex Perrick, yep. And, and he he hooked her twice again. Yeah. <laughs> I guess taking it with the braid trick. So that's trick. my biggest fear. That's yeah. my biggest fear with the braid trick. If I'm using something that has double trebles on it. Yes. So that's funny. So I actually was watching a video with my girlfriend last night, and I had just said it. I said, watch. I said, they're going to pull it, and she's going to get another hook in it. And what happened? Boom. Yep. Like, that's why if it's a double treble, I don't know if I'd probably end up cutting off the back set of hooks so I don't bury more hooks. You know what? That's not a bad idea because then you're, if nothing else, you've at least got the assurance that you're not going to do any more damage. I saw Yes, exactly. I stuck myself pretty good today with, what was it? What was I tying on? Was it a crankbait? I forget what I was tying on. And I was, no, it was a jig of all things. 
and I just just wow. got the tip of my ring finger, and I was bleeding like crazy. Oh, that's what those bleed the worst. Yeah, like right, right, right yes. at the very, very tip. I'm like, yeah, that was no good. I mean, it was only it didn't. I, it was nowhere near the barb, but it was just yeah. enough where I was tying the knot, and I'm like, what the? Fr- what's all this blood from? And I'm like, well, oh yeah, that's right. You're friggin'. Same thing happened to me yesterday. I was going through my boxes, getting rid of like the old junk lures and stuff, and yep. replacing them and everything, and yeah, I went to push down the trash and buried a hook of my finger, Ugh. pulled it out, and I was actually down at Old Glory. Yep. Just so, uh, oh, the thing actually just kicked Jake out. Huh. He can, so he, I was down at. Go on, go on. So I was down at Old Glory, you know, so I'm just right there, and Joey starts laughing. He goes, Did you just prick yourself? I was like, Yeah. And then I look. Look, and there's blood all over my hands. He's like, how bad did you get yourself? I was like, evidently worse than I thought. Yep. And, yeah, so that was that was fun. Um, Sorry about Jake that. Jake able to rejoin? Oh, right. Yeah, there he is. He's, yeah. he's back. He's back. I don't know what happened with that. It just kind of threw me out. Oh, no worries. Yeah. That's why I, I told you. That's why, Ryan, I said, just keep going. I, I knew you'd be back. Yeah. No problem. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, so, I mean, you know, uh, great place to get tackle. Old glory. You oh, know. yeah. Awesome. And Joe, Joe, Meg, they are very, very knowledgeable with the the newest and latest gear. They have all the big names and brands you can think of. If they don't have it, you simply just ask one of them, and they'll put it on the next order for you and get it in. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I mean, and he's killing it with finding the the brands that are. You know, that right now that people are talking about. You know what I mean? But he's also got the staples, too, you know? Yeah. Like A lot of local companies. Yep. He's got the bog hog stuff, which, by the way, I got to say, I used some bog hog stuff for the first time. Uh, the, the drop shot weights I, I was using are from bog yep. hog, and they're killer. They're absolutely, absolutely killer. <clears throat> In my eyes, personally, yep. I have not touched another jig that is as quality, hand-tied, everything as a bog hog jig. Yeah. Yeah, I have ne- I have never, and I've tried so many different brands, and I have never found one yet. Yeah, and it's local. I, you know what I mean. I love the whole support role. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like when you have when you have, you know, and it's like with um the hooks and hoodlums, the wild worms, like stuff like that. Yep. It's amazing when you, the 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 thing after I took that after I got that picture of me holding that fish. The next thing I thought of, I was like, "No, well, next time I get this this rig out of the water, I want to get a picture of it, so that way I can share this because I know the bait makers who made it, like with stretching yeah, lines. Exactly. Like, that, there's no better feeling. Than yeah, that, it's you like know? when you when you have that connection to the people in your community that actually you know utilize their own skills and experience and and put the craftsmanship into making these like really really fantastic baits." Then and you kind of share it back and forth. It's like you know that's the icing on the cake. I'm sure for them as a as a as a craftsman, as a bait maker, you know. Oh, of course, of that's course. definitely. Yeah, that's huge. They man. take pride in it. That you know what I mean. They yeah. take pride. That's their that's their hard work, right there. Oh, it absolutely, absolutely is. Yeah, that's not oh easy. yeah, doing. I mean, just just you see some of these now. Like right now, soft plastics are uh, the rage. Like you can go on Instagram and find you know people making their own plastics and stuff. But like the free pour. People are getting so crazy with that. Like as far as layering colors, it's really, really kind of amazing. Well, this is really good, guys. I'm glad we we're able to do this. Let's. Uh, of course, thank you for having us. Let's plan some time to uh, fish again sometime, 
And yeah. uh, oh, we'll, most definitely, we'll go do that. And I'll let you guys know once we get uh, closer with with the date, like how this tournament's going to work. I'll, I'll let you guys yeah. know, and we'll we'll set something up. Yeah, we'll keep set us up like a, about that. Yeah, we'll yeah, do like a most definitely a, keep a, us posted on that. We'll do like a lunker lads like meet and greet or something. It'll be cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Bobby, just want to thank you for having us. I want to shout out uh, folks at Hoodlums, Old Glory at, at checkout. Actually, we we just became pro staff of yep. Old Glory. If you guys want to save some money, use the code Lunker Lads at checkout, whether in store or online. Nice, and you'll save you guys some money. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's not a bad thing. And Old Glory, Old Glory has been really, really good to the show. Our 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 sponsor, we you know absolutely love what they're doing over there. So. That's awesome, man. Yeah, Show some support. It'll be great. Nice job, guys. Well, we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. You guys have a good one, all right? You too, Bobby. Thank you for having us. All right. Take care, guys. See, I told you we were going to have a great show, and I knew it was a long one. It was a doozy, and that's the thing about this podcast. I like to let it be what it is. I try not to fit any any you know uh, changes or anything like that or, or, or restrictions on anything. I think it's going to be really, really, really good. Guys, I got some great, great content coming to you. I have a couple of YouTubers we're going to be hearing from. I have, uh, I've got an interview coming with Tony House, which is great. Another local guy. I love that. Uh, also, speaking of local, just a reminder on the way out, definitely check out on Thursdays the Western Mass Fishing Report. Uh, lots of great stuff there. And also, if if we're not speaking to uh, somebody that's local in an area that you think we should, shoot us a message. We'd love to reach out and get as many sources as we can to get great, great information posted on the uh, Western Mass Fishing Report over at jigsandbigs.com. Guys, thanks so much for everything. You know that you're, uh, you're, you listening means everything to us, and uh, I appreciate you guys more than you ever could realize. We're working on stuff uh, to, to improve the show. We're slowly but surely, like, we're making baby steps further and further and further and uh, we're going to get there. It's going to be a, a great time. I'm really looking forward to it. Remember, guys, jigsandbigs.com. Got merch over there, too. Check out Hookset Hoodlums. Get yourself those wild worms and that brand new camo hat as well. Take care, guys. We'll see you next week. And tight lines. Tight lines.